Hello friends, welcome to Beyond the News. I'm your host Jim Grant. I'm going to be taking you through stories that include, for the next hour, Boris Johnson feels he was bounced into a second lockdown by dodgy data and then second lockdown could be extended. Yep, you heard those two articles right. The COVID vaccine by Pfizer. We're going to be looking at some of the history of Pfizer and their vaccines. How that vaccine could be distributed and what you may or may not be able to do should you not wish that vaccine. I'm one of those people. More about government corruption with contracts and care homes being offered cash to take coronavirus patients. Plus, if we've got the time, some more interesting articles about Egypt and asteroid and things. I'll see if I can get through the news as much as possible and bring up as much news for you here on today's show. Thank you for joining us. Our first news article here tonight, Monday the 9th of November, this is from. I'm recording this on Friday the 13th of November. Hope you have not had an unlucky day today. Boris Johnson feels he was bounced into second lockdown by dodgy data, an article by Sean Elvin from the Metro. Boris Johnson felt pushed into a second lockdown by misleading data, a government source has suggested. It comes as some of the figures backing up strict new measures this month have started falling apart in the last week, particularly the 4,000 potential deaths a day warning. What's that old phrase, fool me once? Shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. The early leak of the lockdown plans may have also escalated the situation, the source claimed. One cabinet minister told the Daily Mail, I think he is concerned that he may have been bounced into it. He was really, really cross about the leak because at that point a different decision might still have been made. There is also concern that some of the information used to inform the decision now seems to be crumbling. In fact, the figures seem to be suggesting things were getting better before the lockdown began. We are being shut down for a month when we did not need to be. It means a third or fourth lockdown is very unlikely. All of this goes against his political inclinations. Scientists predicted deaths could reach 4,000 deaths a day by December without further action, but Professor Chris Whitty, Chief Medical Officer for the England, later admitted this was unlikely and said a peak similar to the first wave was entirely realistic. That article was from the 9th, wasn't it? And this article is now from... Sunday the 1st of November, second lockdown could be extended beyond 2nd of December, Gove admits. We are going to review it on 2nd of December, Cabinet Minister says, says Boris Johnson insisted it was time limited. The second lockdown will only be reviewed on its scheduled end date of 2nd of December and could be extended, Michael Gove has admitted. This is an article according to The Independent, Rob Merrick, Sunday the 1st of November. The Prime Minister, when announcing the restrictions, started uh, when announcing the restrictions to start on Thursday. So this was, yep, yeah, as date mentioned above, insisted it was time limited, unlike the first shutdown in March. Mr. Gove asked if it could be extended. Replied yes. He added, "We are going to review it on the second of December. We are always driven by the data." So there you go. 
what a difference eight days make. We'll see if it's enough of a difference for them to decide not to shut down our entire economy and destroy a lot of small businesses never to come back for. Just an honest mistake. Just bounced into it. This is our next article by the BBC by James Gallagher. This is four days ago. Again, being recorded on Friday the 13th. Covid vaccine. First milestone vaccine offers 90% protection. Now that's good from a virus with a 99.9% survival rate under the age of 70. The developers, Pfizer and BioNTech, described it as a great day for science and humanity. Their vaccine has been tested on 43,500 people in six countries and no safety concerns have been raised. The companies plan to apply for emergency approval to use the vaccine by the end of the month. No vaccine has gone from the drawing board to being proven highly effective in such a short period of time. There are still huge challenges ahead, but the announcement has been warmly welcomed with scientists describing themselves smiling ear to ear and some suggesting life could be back to normal by spring. Yes, all those bodies in the streets have become cumbersome. I am probably the first guy to say that, but I will say that with some confidence, said Sir John Bell, Regius Professor of Medicine at Oxford University. If you want to see more about the trial, you can read it on my Facebook page, Beyond the News Facebook page. I'll put up all the sources on there for the show, along with the link to finding it rebroadcast on Spotify. You can always find it for the opening week here on Bexhill Radio. Thank you very much for joining us. We understand that the viewership is rising to around 800 a day now. So, uh, listenership, I should say. So, so used to doing both podcasts. Right, so, yeah, go. you can go and read that for yourself. If you want to know more about that, you do your own research. I'm just reading out the tops of the articles, really, to get through as many as possible. This is an article from yesteryear, Tuesday the 5th of June 2007. Some Just a little something I brought out of the old archives. This is from the Irish Examiner. I think there was an article from The Guardian I had as well at some point. Pfizer sued for 5.16 billion euros over lethal trials. The Nigerian government filed a lawsuit against drugs giant Pfizer asking for 5.16 billion in damages over allegations the firm conducted trials that led to deaths and disabilities among children. The Nigerian government filed a lawsuit against the drugs giant Pfizer asking for 5.16 billion in damages. Uh, the civil case filed in the capital, Abuja, is separate from a legal challenge launched in the northern state of Kano that seeks £1.47 billion from Pfizer, although all the cases stem from the same mid-1990s drug study. Pfizer has denied the charges in the Kano case, which are substantially similar to those in the Abuja-based suit. In a civil suit filed in Kano, authorities allege Pfizer illegally conducted a drug experiment on 200 children during a meningitis epidemic in the state's main city, also called Kano, in 1996, resulting in deaths, brain damage, paralysis and slurred speech in many of the children. Pfizer treated 100 meningitis-infected children with an experimental antibiotic, Troven, 
Another 100 children who were control patients in the study received an approved antibiotic, ceftaxone, but the dose was lower than recommended, the family's lawyers alleged. Up to 11 children in the study died, while others suffered physical disabilities and brain damage, but Pfizer always insisted it records show none of the deaths was linked to Troven or substandard treatment. That civil suit is asking the judge to award Kano State $1.47 billion. Both that case and a related criminal action against Pfizer officers were both postponed yesterday after the plaintiff's counsel failed to show up for the initial court hearing. The judge hearing the case said criminal proceedings lodged against the company officers would now begin on July the 4th, with a related civil case seeking the monetary damages to begin on July the 9th. And you can go and see more into other such things. Um, and uh, they mention other such studies there. You can go and read that for yourself. Again, on the Beyond the News Facebook page. The top three articles I usually stick at the head of the Spotify link as well. That's on a variety of podcast platforms. It uh, goes out on Anchor to quite a few. So this is how I see the future of the vaccines going for pretty much anything to do with big corporations or government or public transport or um, what other such things. Um, I think when I say corporations as well, it could even be reaching out to, you know, you have to have one of these to be employed or would they go so far as to say to even do business with them if it involves um, doing anything in a an actual venue or you know potentially meeting with a person so this is where I think the future is going here this is an article a couple of days ago by Keith Griffith for the Daily Mail Ticketmaster says fans may need proof they've had the vaccine or a negative Covid test result to attend concerts and sport games when they return Ticketmaster on Wednesday revealed early plans for resuming live events. Plans to use smartphone apps to verify vaccination or a recent negative test. Would use third-party apps like Clear Health Pass or IBM's Digital Health Pass. Again, this is opportunity for corporations to all do big deals for big business, for exclusivity deals, and effectively charge it to whoever's uh, paying for this. Stuff presumably, probably public health organisations, I would have thought, worldwide. Ticketmasters use the vast majority of the US sports leagues. Uh, sorry, Ticketmaster tickets, the vast majority. And other events. Event organisers will decide whether to implement the plan, Ticketmaster says. So the event ticket giant revealed its plans, which are still in the preliminary stages. To Billboard magazine on Wednesday, painting the first picture of what live events might look like by next year. It followed Monday's news that Pfizer's vaccine candidate had shown 90% efficacy in clinical trials, paving the way for a vaccinated world in which large crowds can attend uh, baseball games again, concerts, live theatre and other events, without exposing them to the risk of a virus with a 99.9% survival rate for those under 70 and from which 94% died in the US according to the CDC had a comorbidity rate. Do feel free to check out our previous 
podcasts here at Beyond the News for those articles. We're already seeing many third-party healthcare providers prepare to handle the vetting. I bet they can't wait to line up for those contracts. Whether that is getting a vaccine, taking a test or other methods of review and approval, which could then be linked via a digital ticket so everyone entering the event is verified. Ticketmaster President Mark Jovic said, told Billboard. I wonder if they're going to pass this on to health authorities via the medium of the taxpayer, which means us, or whether it's going to be put into the ticket event fee itself, you know, charged on to the price of the ticket. Who knows? Maybe a mixture of both. They always say they love public-private partnerships, don't they? Ticketmaster's goal is to provide, and always with those partnerships, there always seems to be someone connected to someone in Parliament that seems to have done all right out of it financially, more than a lot of others, isn't there? That always seems to come out sooner or later. I'm just spe- I'm going speaking in generalities off the top of my head here, but I'm sure we can probably dig up some if we did a DuckDuckGo search. Ticketmaster's goal is to provide enough flexibility and options that venues and fans have multiple paths to return to events and is working to create integrations to our API and leading digital ticketing technology as well as look up to tap into top solutions based on what's greenlit by officials and desired by clients. I wonder if that desired by clients involves clients who say, I'd like to do an event where everyone signs a waiver to say if you catch COVID, then you don't sue anybody and then we do it like we we party like it's 2019 i wonder if any uh, the corporations will offer that option if it's desired by clients anyway read the rest of it for yourself if you wish i'm going to move on uk government fails to publish details of 4 billion covid contracts with private firms this is by juliet garside monday the 9th of november Good law project and MPs call for independent inquiry over apparent breach of UK law. The government has failed to publish any information about four billion COVID-related contracts awarded to private companies in what appears to be a continuing breach of UK law. Just a little thought there. If you go and listen to my cruise podcasts, go Craig Campbell News. Craig Campbell News on Facebook and it should come up cruise and i made a point early on i said you can see what this government's doing they're just going to see what they can get away with they're they're just going to do it and we will get the government that we deserve the government that we put up with i think it was thomas jefferson that was once asked i think he was one of the founding fathers of uh, america forgive me american listeners if i've been messed up with your history just going from my brain here i'm not i'm old school i'll see if it go off the top of my head rather than bring it up on a search engine but i think he once said something along the lines of or was asked what is the level of tyranny that a government can reach i'm sure i'm paraphrasing along those lines or what's the maximum level of, of tyranny that can occur under a government or something along those lines and he replied the level that you're prepared to put up with so the government has failed is a continuing breach of UK law. The gap was uncovered by campaign group The Good Law Project, which, along with cross-party group of MPs, is suing the Health Secretary Matt Hancock in the High Court. They are accusing his ministry of an egregious and widespread failure to comply with legal duties and established policies. 
Well, I imagine he thought you were all locked up in your home under effective house arrest so he could do what he wanted. Good for you for spotting it out. The group is warning of a transparency gap. <laughs> is that what MPs and corporations call what's going on? And is pushing for an independent judge-led inquiry into the billions spent on personal protective equipment, medicines and virus testing and tracing since the pandemic began. In a legal filing in the case, dated 30th of October, government lawyers revealed that £17 billion had been spent by the Department of Health and Social Care on COVID-related goods and services since the start of the financial year in April. However, to date, Civil servants in Hancock's ministry have only released details of 12.4 billion in COVID-related contracts for that period, leaving 4.6 billion unaccounted for. The gap narrowed last week after the department rushed out details of 1.6 billion in contracts. Many of the new deals are for the purchase of a rapid test kits of the kind being used in Liverpool City-wide testing effort. Now. Of course, there are different testing kits and all that kind of thing. But I did see um, on doing the rounds on social media. So I, I'm, I don't follow this man myself on uh, Twitter. In fact, I haven't used Twitter in years. I think I've got an account, but I don't use it. Of Elon Musk saying that he just did four of those rapid style tests and two came back positive and two came back negative. And he was highly critical of them. So... I imagine on next week's show that would have hit the mainstream news, I would have thought, and I'll dig out the article for you. But yeah, that's what I think of those tests. Next article here tonight from The Telegraph. This will be quite a quick one because regular listeners will know that I don't have access to behind the Telegraph's registration paywall type thing. So, I'll just read out the headline for you. And this is dated the 28th of August. Yeah, I wanted. This is one that I missed at the time. So, I wanted to bring that to you now. It's by Sarah Napton and Phoebe Shuttleworth from The Telegraph. Care homes offered cash to take on coronavirus patients. Managers say they feel pressured into taking COVID 19 positive patients despite guidance they should not be forced to admit residents. Care homes are being offered financial incentives to take coronavirus patients. It has emerged despite the government promising a protective ring would be placed around vulnerable patients. So I'm not sure who is offering the financial incentive there because that's behind the... Are they saying that it's government and, you know, they're saying one thing and then another thing on another department the right hand the left hand not knowing what they're doing or is it other people I honestly don't have an answer for you there our next is from Yahoo News Andrew Wells freelance writer 11th of November irresponsible hairdresser fined after claiming Magna Carta meant she could carry on working in lockdown a selfish and irresponsible hairdresser I wonder who was using those uh, words, because um, you could probably find people that would say um, other words, including, you know, just someone that wanted to run their business, because they don't 
know anyone that's really got this virus and the data seems to suggest that there's a 99.9% survival rate assuming she's under the 70 I'm assuming she is because hopefully she'd have been retired by then and therefore not needing to uh, work as a hairdresser but there you go the shaming language in full display there a selfish and irresponsible a selfish and irresponsible hairdresser who defied current lockdown rules by continuing to serve customers has been fined a thousand pounds pictures show Quinn Blakey hairdressing in Bradford West Yorkshire welcoming at least one client on Monday and at least one other on Tuesday just days after restrictions are brought in prohibiting non-essential businesses from opening so two adults who are I assume in full possession of their faculties have made a decision to go do you know what I'll take my haircut and as a free person I'll like I said, this could all be over if people were signing waivers to go, uh, right, if you come into my hairdresser and get me a haircut, you can't sue me if in a week's time you start sneezing. Or in the rare situation that, you know, neither can your relatives if you are that 0.1% that does die. Because, uh, you know, I don't think this is a hoax. I just think this is massively overblown and blown out of proportion. But I do think there is a real virus out there. And apologies to anyone who has lost family out there from it. But... I do believe that as an adult we have the right to say I'm going to take my 0.1% risk that's what life is about as a free person I have the right to choose my fate if I'm not harming anyone else their property or their stuff and in this case you could argue you could potentially be spreading it to harm someone else well if everyone goes into everything with their eyes open we are all adults and we should be able to say do you know what We'll take that 0.1% chance. We all know the risk. So let's try and keep small businesses going. Let's try and put food over the table and let's try and get back to normal. Because let's face it, if all this fear and death wasn't being broadcast onto your screens regularly, how much would you really notice? And I'll go ahead and take away all the mask wearing and everything like that. How much would you actually notice was going on you know is it the virus that you're seeing or is it the response to the virus that you're seeing that's my point so the owner of Quinn Blakey had placed a note on the front door of the salon saying I do not consent to the lockdown and citing the Magna Carta often used in defense of civil liberties uh, well that's what it originally was in 1215 so I think this probably comes down to um, a movement known as the common law courts and uh, good luck to them that's my message yeah the business stands under the jurisdiction of common law as the business owners we are exercising our rights to earn a living I am not under any obligation nor will I answer any questions or give you any details I'm a living person and statutory regulations only apply with my consent now apparently this is proper law and the note claimed that the business owner has a right to enter into lawful dissent if they feel they are being governed unjustly under Article 61 of Magna Carta 1215. This is all actual law, Magna Carta. It's now a question of, has the government said, we now surpass it with new laws, and those old laws and rights you once had are now gone. And there's a difference between statutory law and all that. I'm no expert, but... 
if you want to know more about this, I think you can, if you go to a DuckDuckGo search and go on to common law courts, then go and have a uh, thing for yourself. So, yeah, let's see if we can find out what happened to the owner. A worker at the salon thought to be the owner refused to comment on the matter when approached on Tuesday. Um, a fact-checking website, Full Facts, says Magna Carta, Article 61 of Magna Carta is incorrect. So that probably means it is. We all know what they're like. Yeah, it's. Um, I think it boils down to, regardless of whether you think it's there or not, this is a sign of a load of people that want to say these laws did exist. We 100% know they did. There's a debate on which laws, you know, are used now because there's all. It go, this goes into a very deep subject of are the courts, corporations, and all that stuff beyond what I understand. But you can go and look at things more for yourself if you uh, want to know what this is all about. And sooner or later, there's going to be a group of people that go, do you know what? Um, you say that these laws no longer exist. We say they do. We're going to go off and do our own thing. I think that's inevitable at some point when you get enough of people like that. And uh, I'll probably, I'll probably join them. Um, but until then, yeah. Well, there's no gigs for me to do. This is our next article from the FT. And again, I've got to become a subscriber to read so I can just read the headline for you: COVID vaccine PR executive linked to Dominic Cummings' father-in-law. So, um, yeah, that's just headline for you there. Our next article here tonight is from the government website itself and if it's the one I remember copying and pasting into the archive it's going to be yes here we are press release PM Hale's Herculean effort of life science companies to defeat coronavirus Prime Minister Boris Johnson hosted a discussion with heads of leading life science and pharmaceutical companies on coronavirus and the prevention of future pandemics. Prime Minister discusses vaccine progress and pandemic preparedness at a meeting with Bill Gates and top life science companies. Ten CEOs set out huge collaborative effort to boost innovation and manufacturing for coronavirus vaccine treatments and diagnostics after positive results from the Pfizer trial. Participants welcome UK leadership in research, innovation and financing to defeat the pandemic. So it's you've noticed the articles where all the top CEOs seem to be making even more money under the pandemic. Well, I suppose if everyone else is shut down, then um, all the small businesses are shut down. I suppose you are going to make more money, aren't you? Bill Gates, of course, the doctor who wants to give loads of vaccines, who isn't a doctor. I don't think he's got any more medical qualifications than I have. The man who's no, it's notorious, isn't it, for... Oh, well, go and... Yes, there's plenty you can look into, Mr Bill Gates, for yourself, including where I did my podcast on Cruise, where we looked into the spider web that is Jeffrey Epstein. You can go and see him. And, of course, don't forget to go and see his TED Talks, where he talks about with the right sort of vaccines... He can reduce the world population. I think it was he mentioned by about 15%. I think that pretty much covers my view on Bill Gates. Our next story tonight is from Sky. And it's 
Well, you there was always a piper to be paid, wasn't there? This money isn't being printed out of nothing. It's not like the banks do with fractional reserve banking. COVID-19, those earning above 19,500 should pay more tax after pandemic to help fix UK finances, since think tank. Don't worry about Google and Amazon. They've been making record profits and they always have low taxes. No, if you earn over 19.5k, then uh, then you should you should pay that. Let's look at that in what buying power buys roughly. What's the average house price in the UK now? I don't, is it somewhere around 200 grand? I don't know. It's something around that, isn't it? Or, or I could go with what I know, couldn't I? Uh, oh, do excuse me, that's an alarm going off. I did think I switched that off, but uh, my phone thought otherwise. So, well, we're just doing the math, aren't we? So, um, I don't know, a, a three-bedroom house round here, Eastbourne, roughly, you know, a, a small three-bedroom, I suppose. Like, If you were looking to raise a family, if you were looking to, you know, be working class, small three bedroom, start a family, like the old school way of, you know, normal life. Uh, that would be what, about 200 grand? And what do the banks lend out now? Is it is it still three and a half times earnings or is it five or something like that? Let's say five. So five at 19 and a half, let's call that 100 grand, you still would be half of what you would need to be leading that normal family type life, you know? So no, I don't really think 19.5 is the barrier. Not when there's loads of things on Google, do you? But this is an article by James Sillers, business reporter, Thursday the 12th of November, it's from Sky News. People earning more than 19,500 a year would pay more under a 40 billion tax hike plan to boost the public finances in the wake of the COVID-19 crisis. The Resolution Foundation makes the case for a range of tax changes by the middle of the decade to avoid a return to austerity and tackle the record peacetime borrowing demanded by the government's response to coronavirus. What's that song? Another day older and deeper. Yeah. One day older and what do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt. I owe my soul to the company's store. Do, 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 do. do you know what that song was about? They were called, it was called Sharecroppers, where you used to have to rent yours. After slavery was abolished, they still needed people to do the jobs that the slaves used to do. So a lot of slaves ended up working for doing the same sort of jobs afterwards. And... They'd have to hire all their stuff from the com to the company store, and a lot of them would end up effectively working for nothing because they had to hire all their equipment from the company store. So, yeah, have your businesses shut down so less people make even more money. Those less people making money, well, now at nineteen and a half grand a year, you're going to have to start paying even more taxes to the people who are going to shut those businesses down. And we won't bother taxing Amazon and Google like we tax the 19,500 a year people because, what was it, I remember 
Google giving Osborne tickets. I think I'm going off the top of my head again to Super Bowl. Anyway, you'll see it. They're very pally pally. Not to mention they always meet at the Bilderberg Group and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. This is the way it is. Unless you want to... We've had that whole culture where it's not cool to look into politics. It's not cool to look into economics. You know, that's nerdy. Or it's, oh, they're all oh, they're all as bad as each other. Well, when you get a load of bad people who just do financial wizardry and it always just ends up, oh, look, we've made more money and you haven't, but you need to give us more now. That's all I seem to see all again and again and again. Next article here from The Independent. I remember covering the first stages of this when I, w I think it was yeah, Beyond the News Radio Lewis. I think when this story originally started to come along or the, the lawsuit started to be filed or something. But I remember this is now the outcome of this about sort of seven years later now. I'm trying to get a date for you on this article. Oh, here we are. Yeah, Thursday the 21st of May. This is one I just didn't... A lot of people just don't know about this sort of stuff. Um, yeah, talcum powder like and talc-based baby powder is not good. So, do UK parents need to be... Oh, it's just popped up an advert right on the headline. Thank you for that. Well, I can't read the headline now. Wonderful. Johnson & Johnson has stopped sale of its talc-based powder, baby powder in the US and Canada amid cancer lawsuits. This is by the 21st of May 2020. But like I said, I remember this news story coming out years ago, originally, or, or rumour of it coming out. Talc-based baby powder has been a staple item for many households for over a century, used to soothe baby-sensitive skin. However, the talc-based product sold by Johnson & Johnson has been subject to controversy for several years amid claims in the form of thousands of lawsuits that it can cause cancer. Oh, and now it says I need to answer a question to read the rest of the article. But anyway, just look into that if you're still, if you don't know about that sort of stuff. And uh, again, in all about protecting uh, children, the next one is, at least according to the government, there are those that would next that would call the our next article acclimatization, or the uh, boiling the frog, they call it, to acclimatize to military on the streets as a normal thing. If you grow up with troops everywhere, then it becomes normal after a few generations. This is from Sunday the 8th of November, The Guardian. Army to carry out mass COVID-19 tests on children in Liverpool. Parental consent required as tests offered to all pupils in the city over the age of 11. The army is being sent in to help carry out mass testing of children in secondary schools in Liverpool this week, with public health official experts considering rolling it out further to primary schools across the city. I suppose if years and years of underfunding and austerity measures hadn't been aimed at the NHS, perhaps they could have had nurses to do it and we could have had greater employment level. Oh, here's one from my 
a home paper, the Eastbourne Herald. They they helped launch my first comedy show, the Eastbourne Herald, so I like those people. But it's actually relevant to the whole country, I believe. And I think there might be another article, Eastbourne as well, like this. Strangers can park on your driveway and there's almost nothing you can do about it. This is by Matt Allen, Monday the 9th of November. The rights and wrongs of parking are a constant source of debate among motorists with arguments up and down the country about who can park where. And new research by U-Switch shows that most people are in the dark about the laws around parking, including the fact that anyone can park on your driveway and there's nothing the police can do about it. As odd as it might sound, parking on someone else's driveway isn't a criminal offence, something 64% of people were unaware of. According to police, parking on someone else's property is considered trespassing, which is a civil matter rather than a criminal one. That means police are powerless to remove a car parked on your property. What's more, your local council is unlikely to intervene either, as your driveway is private property and so not under the authority's jurisdiction. Councils can be asked to remove a car from private property if you think it has been abandoned. However, if the vehicle is taxed, insured, has a valid MOT, as isn't in a dangerous condition, they are unlikely to move it from private land. So what can you do, you switch car insurance expert? Florence Codjo says, If you come home to find a stranger has parked their car on your drive, try having a polite chat with the driver first, as there may have been a simple misunderstanding. If you can't come to resolution, and it happens repeatedly, then it might be worth contacting Citizens Advice or a solicitor to seek further help. What you shouldn't do, no matter how tempting, is damage the offending vehicle. That could leave you open to criminal charges despite the provocation. Of course, if you can still fit your car in the driveway without obstructing the public highway, that's your right, even if it means blocking the other vehicle in. There's also something else as well. I, again, I am nothing more than a humble news repeater monkey offering unqualified opinions. Vastly, vastly unqualified opinions. But what about if you knew a car clamper or knew someone that knew someone and said, um, if could, could you do that? I don't know. Be interesting. To, maybe I'll interview one. They're probably, uh, yeah least popular than traffic wardens car clampers but i do wonder if you could ring someone up and go right you you they usually charge about 80 quid don't they for car clamping right would you fancy a gimme sunshine i do know that you have to uh, put a little piece, uh, writing thing if you're going to do something like that for like to say do not park on my driveway this is private property yeah you have to it has to be clearly visible where they've parked that it is private property and that they will be clamped if they did that um, so I'm thinking you couldn't do this on day one, but this is what I, this is what I would look into doing. I would, if on day one I'd put up the signs, I'd take pictures of it, and then you assume they're going to leave at that point, and then come back and try it on again or do something like that. That's when you can when you when they've entered onto it with the signs clearly visible. That's when I think I'd see if I could call the car clamper to see if I had a legal right and then whack that 80 up 40-40 me between me and the car clamper would that be lawful? I don't know I assume so 
I suppose it would be if I put on the thing, the clamping fee will be 80 quid. And then it's between me and the car clamp. I don't know. I wouldn't know. But that's what I would look into doing. But I could be completely wrong. And I'm not advising anyone to do anything. I'm just saying that's what I would do under that weird, weird scenario. But I do know you have to have that sign up first. Clearly visible. Private property. You'll be clear. You know, plus it's the nice, it's the gentlemanly thing to do, isn't it? The ladylike thing to do. Um, so uh, last week I mentioned that, yeah, I made a previous prediction about the US elections. It looks like it was going exactly how I predicted it to go. And our next article uh, uh, we, will be from the Washington Examiner about some of those uh, election results over there in the US. And the regular audience will know this is where the preloads have run out. So I'm going to need to just load up some of our next articles. And uh, it's, as usual, being a real pain. But we're going to have a look at Rudy Giuliani. He was one of the guys that was instrumental in bringing down them. The Mafia are big uh, court cases of the 80s and 90s, I believe. I always see him in those documentaries. So he would know about, well, yeah, criminal conspiracies, I suppose, how to spot them and how to bring them to justice. This is the 8th of November, Rudy Giuliani. Trump campaign has enough evidence to change Pennsylvania election results. President Trump's attorney, Rudy Giuliani, said he has evidence that may change the results of the presidential electoral map. In a Sunday interview with Fox News host Maria Bartiromi, Giuliani said the lawsuits being filed by the Trump campaign might reveal that up to 900,000 invalid ballots were cast in the state of Pennsylvania, a key election swing state. Several news outlets projected presumptive President-elect Joe Biden would win. Do you believe that we have enough to actually change the fate of the election? He was asked and an advert popped up for his answer. But now I've scrolled down the advert. It says, well, I think we have enough to change Pennsylvania. The Pennsylvania election was a disaster, Giuliani said. We have people that observed people being pushed out of the polling place. We have people who have suggested to vote the other way. Uh, sorry, suggested to who were suggested to vote the other way and shown how to do it. I'm giving you the big picture. So to cut a very long story short, I see numerous articles of numerous poll watchers and other such people going, whoa, there's some dodgy things going on here. And the dodgy things always seem to end up either all for Biden or the vast majority for Biden. So I'm going to stick with my initial assessments there. Next article here tonight from The Sun. Lockdown Brits pack markets, parks and beaches in their thousands to spy stay-at-home order, 8th of November. So Brits have packed markets, parks and beaches in their thousands despite the government's stay-at-home order. It's almost as if they think, do you know what? I'll take my chances with the 99.9% .9 survival rate and not destroy everything this country's ever worked for. Good for them. And again, if someone wanted to, not if someone, you know, was concerned about their business or anything like that, let them shut it down. But I think the point has come where humanity needs to say, look, get on with life. Risk is part of life. And that's just the way it is. And this risk seems to be minimal. So, yeah, why not? 
Whereas, yeah, or at least the very least, the cure is worse than disease. I think that's a very logical assumption to make at this point. And that includes it even with all the dodgy tests and died with from data. But I digress. Regular audiences will know my opinion on this. Let's get through to some more um, articles and less of me repeating my opinions over and over again. COVID data exaggerating risk. Medics and academics tell Boris Johnson. So when he's listening to the science, he's not listening to this science. By Edward Malnick, Sunday Political Editor, 7th of November. Letter to Prime Minister says government's approach to virus pandemic has become disproportionate. Official data is exaggerating the current risk posed by COVID-19. A coalition of almost 500 senior doctors and scientists warned on Saturday, claiming talk of a second wave is misleading. So we're following the science, but it's going to be the science that Bill Gates says and not the 500 senior doctors and scientists. And uh, all the, you know, the other people I met with, the top CEOs, you know, all the ones that seem to be making money over the last six months. I'm following their science. Our next article here tonight is from the Daily Star. When COVID is over and we are free men and women once again, I will be doing more stories like this. Um, yeah. Monkey gives pal mouth-to-mouth like human after she collapses to ground. Wildlife photographer William Steele snapped the dramatic moment shared between two vervent monkeys in the Gaborone game reserve in Botswana. He said one was seemingly administering CPR. Poor little thing. Uh, A monkey was pictured readying itself to give CPR to another member of its troop. Wildlife photographer William Steele snapped the vervent monkeys... Uh, despite looking like it is about to deliver mouth-to-mouth resuscitation to the stricken female, the upright monkey is in fact just taking advantage of an opportunity to groom the monkey while she is lying down. The photographer watched on bemused as the female threw herself to the ground in a bid for attention, which soon came. Let me just read that again. The female threw herself to the ground in a bid for attention. What's, what is it that they say that DNA similarity between humans and monkeys is? It's about 98%, isn't it? To all my female listeners, I'm sure there are many, many other male qualities that male monkeys have as well. I am merely having a little fun with you. We used to have a, a thing called sense of humour in comedy uh, before the whole woke industry. So a big thank you to my Beyond the News female listeners. In what I can only describe as dramatic fashion, the female monkey fell to the floor with both legs and arms spread out. See, I didn't even I didn't even rise to the bait on that. And I've been to Newcastle. So at first I couldn't figure out what was happening, but as I picked up my camera, another monkey came sauntering in grabbing the monkey on the floor by its mouth and seemingly administering CPR. Far from being in urgent need of oxygen, Williams expressed he witnessed the monkeys demonstrating human-like behaviour. Mr Steele, who lives and works in Botswana, added, On reflection, I think the performance was a cry for attention from the female. There is a clear and important hierarchy in the troop, 
Like humans, this social community is largely based around if you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Just like um, if you listen to certain scientists, then they may reward you with a revolving door contracts and your friends and your firms and all those kind of stuff rather than the 500 scientists that say don't listen to lockdown. But anyway, bonds are formally large are formed largely through grooming. I have often seen this extended to help clean wounds and even nurse injured troop members and also disappear what was it 4.6 billion of covid contracts with mutual back scratching allegedly in my opinion, this compassion can sometimes be manipulated by attention-seeking individuals. It was an amusing moment to capture. Manipulated by attention-seeking individuals. Where's the career and stand-up waiting for that monkey then, I'm sure. So that's the sort of stuff that I like to sort of do. It's funny. I mean, it's possible. Put the picture for yourself. It's possible that they, you know, they're just having a bit of a snog. In which case, probably don't look at the picture. That would be wrong. But anyway, you could think of it as... What I like to think about that is because you're thinking, oh, is he giving mouth to mouth on the monkey to begin with? You think, oh, is the monkey all right at the end? Of course she was fine. It's all fake. No no animals were harmed in the making of that news stories. Uh, it was just a cry for attention, it seems. She didn't really need mouth to mouth. So it has a happy ending and psychology and all of that sort of stuff rolled into one. I'd love to do more of those articles, but uh, we're having our uh, rights uh, and businesses uh, destroyed in front of our eyes. So um, speaking of which, talking about one of those erosions is censorship that we often get and our next article after the next we'll be going back to that i'm just going to do another little here's a little weird thing going on in the world it's an article from the daily mail and i'll just read it out you see the pictures of myself shanghai primary school walks on mechanical legs to new location so the building can be preserved so there you go the Lagina Primary School was first built in 1935, according to local officials, but a new construction project on the site will begin soon, completing in 2023. To save the building, 198 mechanical legs were attached underneath the school. The whole building was then walked 203 feet to its new location in Shanghai. So there you go, walking buildings for you. The year of 2020. And this has been another theme of 2020. Censorship, unfortunately. Glenn Greenwald resigns from The Intercept over editorial freedom. Co-founder of Newsite accuses editors of seeking to censor article critical of Joe Biden. The investigative journalist Glenn Greenwald has resigned abruptly from The Intercept, the news website he co-founded, and accused the organisation of seeking to censor him over a planned article critical of the Democratic nominee Joe Biden. So there you go, he founded it and gets other people involved, and now the other people involved are censoring him. Mental. Our next article is, I hope, not a sign of the way things are going, but it's an article from the other side of the world, and then we're going to be looking at another law from, uh, again, the Eastbourne Herald, strangely enough, which seems to apply to the whole of the UK. Well, at least according to the Eastbourne Herald it does. But first of all, this is concerning, published on the October the 28th. This is from Fox News in the States. Victor Davis Hansen laments New Zealand's COVID-19 quarantine camps as end of personal freedom. Pacific Island nation 
has 25 coronavirus deaths out of a population of nearly 5 million. Hoover Institution Senior Fellow Victor Davis Hansen condemned New Zealand's institution of coronavirus quarantine camps on the Ingram Angle Tuesday. I believe that's a Fox News show. Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern of the centre-left New Zealand Labour Party announced in a video that if people sent to the camp refuse to be tested, they will be required to remain another two weeks after their initial two-week stay. Arden called the warning a pretty good incentive to get tested for COVID-19. Lovely. You either get your test done and make sure you are cleared or we will keep you in the facility longer, she said. So I think most people look at that and say, I will take the test. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you need to sink that in for a second there. So let me try and figure this out. These are untested and we'll just keep you in the facility longer. Are we talking detainment without trial? Yeah. That's scary. I think we are, aren't we? Detention without trial and detention without charge. The only thing is you refuse to take a test. No, detainment without crime unless you now class not taking a test as a crime. Yeah, I don't really think you want to go down that road, do you, as a nation? So Hansen told host Laura Ingram that such draconian measure that Arden's orders make no sense given how little the pandemic has affected the island nation. They have a nation of 5 million people, Hansen explained. They've only lost tragically, but they've lost 25 people. That's an astoundingly low number to throw away personal freedom. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll agree with that statement. Our next article is f again from the Eastbourne Herald. I didn't know this, or I think maybe I did know this once and forgotten it, but who knows. But it was nice to be reminded of it, apparently. Not parking your car the correct way could land you with a £1,000 fine. So... It's a little-known highway code that could land you with a big fine. Unless you're in a marked bay, if you're parking your car outside your home at night, then it must be parked in a certain direction. Under Rule 248 of the Highway Code, your car must be parked in the same direction as the way of traffic at night. Traffic wardens are reportedly cracking down on the issue, even though it's not a rule too familiar with many motorists. Vis-a-vis, uh, -vis um, how many new ways can we find to collect new revenue? Here's an old law that no one knows about. Great, wonderful. So that's why I thought I'd do it on this show. So if you not get sort of um, caught out, uh, traffic cars are allowed to park any way round during the day, but are eligible for the huge fine when the evening comes. The reason for this is your car will be illuminated for other motorists by their headlights bouncing off the rear reflectors. If drivers are not parked the right way round, they will be covered in darkness with other passing drivers unable to see them properly. 
If they're caught by a warden's parking like this, then you could be hit with a hefty fine. I think scrolling back up, it was, a, it was up uh, with a grand, wasn't it? So there you go. So let me just uh, read that for you. Uh, again. Drivers could be forced to pay for a thousand pound for this little no mistake, and this could even rise to two thousand five hundred for goods vehicles or passenger vehicles of over eight seats. So when they say the reason for this is your car will be illuminated by other motorists by their headlights bouncing off the rear reflectors and the councils also want more revenue. That's my opinion. So quarantine camps, parking around the wrong way. This is the era of power to the state from the micro to the macro. But also we've got some other quite astounding news, I think. At least I think it's astounding. No one really seemed to care, but I thought it was quite a big deal. This again is an article from the Daily Mail. And another quite astounding article. Two things that could potentially change at least the world that I grew up in, I suppose, potentially. Our two articles remaining tonight will be from the, the Mail and the Guardian. So here's the one from the Mail. And this is dated... Uh, as you know, the mail does have the like to tease me with its adverts. This is by Jonathan Chadwick, 30th of October. So this is one that I've meant to cover on other shows, but I always distract. Oh, no, only articles I've covered today, quite a few. Martian meteorite discovered in the Sahara Desert provides new evidence of water on the red planet 4.4 billion years ago. Scientists have identified the presence of water in Martian meteorite NWA7533, and here's the advert, right on time. It contains signatures of oxidation which could have occurred as water formed. Ah, could, not definitely. The 84 gram NWA7533 meteorite was discovered in northwest Africa in 2012. Scientists determined the following year that it originated from the red planet. And the, milieu, the mineral composition of the Martian meteorite reveals chemical signatures of oxidation which could have... Blah, 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 blah. Go and read it for yourself. It's 84 grams, that meteorite. And from rocks that may be changing history to the way rocks are being made changes history. This is a, a weird one. Again, from Friday the 30th of October. Forgot to cover it at the top. Well, I didn't forget, just didn't get around to it. Julian Ambrose, ecotricity founder to grow diamonds made entirely from the sky. I did just double check the date on that was Friday the 30th of October and not April the 1st. But UK millionaire Dale Vince says lab grown gems will be the world's first zero impact diamonds. A British multi-millionaire and environmentalist has set out plans to create thousands of carats of carbon negative laboratory grown diamonds every year made entirely from the sky. Now, again, that's behind the Guardian subscription thing. So I shall end the show here tonight by saying a big thank you to Bexhill Online, big thank you to our followers on our Facebook page, Beyond the News, big thank you to whoever listens to us on our various podcast platforms. We're on Spotify now, and you can always check out 
on Spotify, the top three articles. I'm going to post them so you can read them for yourself. And the full list can be found on the Facebook page, Beyond the News. I'm also going to move on to more forms of social media as well as this censorship gets more and more. Uh, so thanks to Bexhill Radio and all my listeners. I've been Jim Grant. Thanks. <laughs>